0: This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by Verizon. The Verizon Response Team is available 24-7 to provide emergency assistance to government agencies, emergency responders, nonprofits, and communities. In the event of a crisis, the VRT provides a staffed contact number, accessible around the clock 365 days a year, coordinates requests for emergency wireless voice and data products, handles requests for emergency network coverage, which may include deployment of a resource such as cell on wheels or cell on light truck, as well as provides access to other Verizon wireless support teams. For assistance, call the VRT hotline at 800-981-9558. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program.
1: Welcome to Ames Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller, and today we've got a, an excellent guest. All our guests are excellent, but it's always good to, to talk to a, a former mayor, former AIM board member, uh, current commissioner of the Department of Transportation, Joe McGinnis. Thanks for joining us again, Joe.
2: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for
0: having me.
1: Not much news on the uh, infrastructure transportation front these days. It's really quiet out there. Um, lots of <laughs> I guess just the opposite, really. Lots of news coming out of Washington, D.C. Congress has passed a a federal infrastructure package uh, that looks to be making its way to Indiana in a significant way. I know you've been following that closely. You want to give everybody a high-level overview. I know there are a lot of details yet to be worked out, but a high-level overview of what that's going to mean for the state.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it's been about as quiet as um, millions of orange barrels on Main Street, Indiana and on I-70 all across the state. So, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy summer with construction and um, here's to all of my, uh, my my mayor friends and hopefully we have a mild winter and you don't go blow through your salt budget and your overtime budget with all of your uh, your transportation guys and gals out there pushing snow uh, and hopefully have some leftover for some, for some road projects next year. But yeah, on the federal level, uh, it's been kind of crazy. Um, we, when I say we, the, the, the multiple state D.O.T.s have been pushing uh, for new for new act or a bill. Um, for I, I know I've been involved for about three or four years on this front. Uh, as we all know, the FAST Act uh, uh, expired a handful of years ago, and we've just been faced with continuing resolutions, which is always kind of scary because uh, we're completely dependent upon Congress to set politics aside and and support Main Street or an interstate or a bridge and, you know, somewhere in the county and, uh, we're, you know, we're happy to have some reauthorization in addition to that some 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 new funds, uh, some of which are are unique. Um, you know, for example, over the next five years, NDOT uh, will will be looking at 20 or what the state. I don't think I'll be touching it, but uh, 20 million dollars for prevention of, of wildfires. Um, I probably will be dealing with DNR on those types of uh, funds. So there's a lot of question marks out there, uh, but I think rest assured, we know real reauthorization occurred uh, and new money is being uh, put into the pot. And uh, we're we're filtering through all that right now and, and uh, communicating here uh, ho- hopefully very shortly with what that exactly means for AIM um, members.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be my next question, I guess. Do you see it making its way down to the city, town, county level in one way or another?
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll handle these dollars just like we would any other um, dollar that's coming in from D.C. Um, and, and revert back to the formula uh, and, and distribute those dollars to cities, towns, and counties uh, for to add into their additional coverage. So I would say in addition to what you would normally see through an MPO or through the rural program, um, you know, you're going to see a, uh, an increase. It's, uh, I, I think, for the first year for 2022, all in the new money is about two, a little over 200 million. Um, that, that's new. That's that's on top of the billion 50 million that the state receives. Not, not, like I said, that's everybody—the cities, towns, counties. So we, we should see about another 200 million dollars. Now, obviously, a mo- majority of that goes does go to the state, um, but I think the locals uh, will start to see incremental. Uh, increases in that over the next five years. It, it does go up. Uh, it, so, for example, in that first year, that's about 150 million of that, and that'll increase to about 230 million in five years. So, the locals will go from about 50, 55 million that first year. Uh, and like I said, these are still guesstimates. We're still waiting on some decisions from DC, but that's what our internal uh, local program folks, uh, finance folks, are coming up with.
1: It's been a lot of <clears throat> talk about. Uh, electric vehicle charging stations and just electric vehicles in general as a part of this package. Um, I've heard a lot of discussion among city and town leaders recently, too, here in Indiana about that, you know, sort of building on the fact that we're the crossroads of America, et cetera, that we better be ready for charging stations and those kinds of things if we're going to have people stop in our communities on their way here or there. Um, What's what's NDOT doing on that front and what are you hearing out of the on the federal side?
2: Um, Well, to be honest, I I hope we um, can challenge ourselves to do better than just charging stations at the local grocery stores or uh, rest areas or truck stops or those kind of things. Um, One of the really cool things and this was before this started about three years ago. This is long before the new road funding bill. Um, we started working with Purdue University and uh, we announced it. Um, it's been the last maybe two or three months, maybe August, sometime around there. Uh, an initiative that we've been working on with them uh, and Cummins uh, down in Columbus. And uh, I want to I want to drop that infrastructure into the actual roadway. And so it was driving vehicles or FedEx delivery trucks or whatever that may be. Um, along our interstates, there would be opportunities to charge, put that induction equipment in the surface of the road. So as that FedEx delivery truck, for example, is driving to its destination or the neighborhood that it's supposed to be delivering in, uh, it can charge the battery while it's driving. Instead of stopping and taking 20 or 25 minutes to charge up, um, as we all know, time is money and uh, time is important, whether you're driving your sedan to work or you're uh, a delivery driver. And so those are some of the bigger picture things that we're looking at, uh, which I think would be super cool if we could pull this off. We, we you know, what I mean, Matt? I don't brag too often, but I can tell unless it's Franklin, of course, then I mean the epicenter of everything. Um, but uh, when, it, when it comes to this, we are leading the, the nation um, in this effort right now. There's been a lot of news articles about it. Um, I just met with some some executives this morning from Allison Transmission and they're wanting to know more about it. And so uh, I think it's really cool technology coming this way, Um, and we're excited to to kind of lead that.
1: It's pretty cool. You know, just quick aside, one of my best friends from college works in the trucking industry. He's a GM down at a Peterbilt dealership, and he recently just finished a deal, multiple hundreds of millions of dollars in electric semis that he's selling to a a big company here in Indiana. So it's here. Whether we want to believe it or not, it's coming uh, and it's pretty cool to hear that we're out in front of things like that. Switch gears here just a little bit. I can't, we can't have you on without talking about our favorite program in the, the history of the state of Indiana community crossings. Um, <clears throat> we were down in an announcement in Franklin, the epicenter of the world, not too long ago. <laughs> uh, fresh off a new round of funding. Always appreciative of what uh, you and the governor and every legislature has done with that. As you know, it's been put to great use around the state. You hear of any changes coming up or anything different? Or are we just going to keep moving along the same way you think?
2: Yeah, I think we're going to continue to move on at least uh, for another year. You know, we'll have two more calls in calendar year 22, uh, the first of which will be coming up soon. Here will be that first. It'll open up that first week of, of January uh, for for uh, local municipalities to to apply uh, for another batch of money, we expect it to be probably about the same as what we awarded, uh, you know, a month or two ago, which was 100. You know, if we're if we're lucky, maybe 110. You know, somewhere in that range, um, million dollars. And so it's it's always an awesome day. I, it's really two of my favorite days of the entire year is when we can make those announcements. Um, there's been conversation, uh, particularly in the General Assembly, about altering some of the, you know, kind of redefining what community crossings is or what it could be um, in an effort to kind of, uh, to kind of look at the gap between urban, suburban, and really that rule, those rural communities. Um, I don't know that it's really gonna get much traction uh, as you've probably heard too, Matt. And you guys are probably hearing a name. that, uh, fingers crossed, this is gonna be a super short session, not just a short session. Um, and we're hoping that, uh, that NDOT is, uh, Is not not involved in much of those conversations.
1: We're hoping we're not involved too, but unfortunately, I don't think that's uh, going to be yeah, the we, case. We always
2: hope. We always hope, but it never. Uh, it was, something always happens, and your world Tiff always comes up. Yeah, uh, I the think next it's station up. always comes up.
1: I think it's business personal property tax this time around. You remember business that? yeah,
2: that's absolutely going to happen. Yeah, I can, I can, like, I, I know that that that's uh, it's not even a chatter over at the state house. That's like in the newspaper stuff. So
1: yeah. I think you're right. Well, um, again, just thanks for Community Crossings. It's uh, everywhere we go. We talk about it. It's very much appreciated pro- program, and uh, hopefully, it lasts uh, lasts forever. You, you touched on it a little bit. Anything else legislatively that NDOT might be bringing to the General Assembly here in a, a few weeks?
2: You know, our our agency bill is pretty. Uh, what I would say is pretty benign this year. Um, it really just has to deal with in, in an effort to speed up. We're always looking for a way to, to to speed up projects. You know, one of the things when I was mayor is, you know, dealing with NDOT. Uh, and I, I did I had a great relationship with NDOT, relationship with NDOT. Um, what we did in Franklin wouldn't have happened without NDOT's uh, partnership. And um, really want to focus in on the speed of delivering and some of the things that we've identified really uh, fall into the real estate and right-of-way acquisition piece. And if there were a couple of things we could, change in state statute that would really speed that process up for us, likely the locals as well. Um, I don't I don't really have all the specifics in front of me, but I know our real estate team has been begging to be the agency bill for at least a year. Um, and we'll we'll have that this year. When we get more details, uh, we'll I'll share that with you all. And uh, if there's any support that we, you know, we would you know ask for support, it's it's going to speed up our projects when which in turn will likely speed up projects for cities and towns.
1: Well, you, you alluded to it all, already. I, I can't let you go. We got to talk a little bit about Franklin. You know, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Mayor Thomas esterbrook from down in Bicknell, I always call him the king of community crossings. I think he's applied every single round since he's been mayor and done very well. He sent me a, uh, he does some antiquing or something and came across the city of Franklin pin the other day. It says a uh, small town with big city benefits. It uh, looks like it's from well before your time in, in office, <laughs> but uh, wanted me to share it with you. That's cool. You know, and I've seen a lot of municipal officials go on to state jobs into the legislature and they they quickly forget from where they came. I can uh, honestly say that you did not do that. And I think you still continue to look at uh, your job through the eye as, as if you were mayor, as if you were on the city council or town council or whatever. Um, Maybe just reiterate that a little bit about how you still take that approach to your job today.
2: Yeah, uh, and, and it's also in my personal life, too. So, so, one, I cannot get away from local government, whether I wanted to at out or not. My wife is now on the city council, so <laughs> it's uh, it's in our blood, it's in our family, it's in the house now. So it's, uh, it's not going away, but a um, couple of examples kind of from that personal is – my son's a senior in high school right now and so we're doing the whole college well we've wrapped up the college search things, we're on the applications and i'm learning quickly that oh my god this is expensive um but <laughs> tell me, tell i mean tell me about it <laughs> I've, I've really spent a lot of time i focus of course i focus in on the curriculum and and alumni engagement and those kind of things but i'm really focusing on the town when i'm there and we're visiting these and i've been on every single one of these tours with him and there's been several from here to virginia um, and I'll, I, will tell you that one of them, one of them that I have been the most pleasantly surprised with that I was, that I, I haven't been there since I was in college when I was playing, I played football against them was Greencastle and what's been going on in Greencastle with DePaul university. Um, has, I was really impressed when we were there, um, a, f- a handful of months ago, uh, in touring DePaul. And, uh, so who knows? He, he, uh, he got the thumbs up, got accepted and, and uh, there's, there's now there's conversations about money. So it's kind of like, yes, let's keep talking. Uh, There's, there's another school up in South Bend uh, that uh, he's applied to um, and been impressed with what, of course, I've been up there for football games in Notre Dame, but uh, South Bend has, has really embraced the fact that they have the university of Notre Dame there. And so um, I think that's always special when you have the small community but no name's not that small but depaul university for example these communities are really embracing that um, and bringing that small college campus into their downtown and and greencast has done a, an amazing job with that and i uh, applaud their leadership and and the university for for doing that and and having that 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 uh, foresight to get that done
1: well maybe it's because I just live a few minutes outside the franklin city limits but in my time at, at AIM here, I I don't think I've seen a community go through a transforma- transformation as positive as Franklin has in, in anywhere in the state. It's it's been remarkable what's happened there over the last ten or twelve years.
2: Yeah, we we've been blessed that we've had um, <clears throat> we've had good team members and and really good partners from the private sector, of course, elected officials, redevelopment commission members who haven't been afraid to kind of uh, get aggressive with TIF. Um, regardless of what was going on uh, in the state house, and and really got aggressive with TIF money, and started to leverage Okra and IHDA and NDOT and all these other state agencies, um, and kind of created you know its own stellar program without being a stellar community. And um, it's been fun to to see it and and be a small part of it, but to really kind of see it all happen. And and we were down there this downtown last weekend for the downtown lighting, and it was it was just a just a cool atmosphere and um, love living there. I'm a transplant. I'm all the way from Mark Meyer's world of Greenwood, Indiana, uh, so about 10 miles down the road, maybe 15 miles down the road, uh, but uh, happy to be in Franklin.
1: Great community, uh, great leadership at NDOT. I wish you would stay there forever. I know that's not the nature of these types of jobs um, in a political environment, but uh, really appreciate everything you continue to do and the, the work you you provide for cities, towns, and all your customers, I guess, throughout the state. Uh, appreciate it very much. Thanks for joining us, Joe.
2: Well, shout out to AIM. I appreciate what all you guys do. And um, you guys have been supportive on stuff in the past for us, for, for legislation. And you guys are always there, represented at Community Crossings Announcements, and uh, always had support for us. Uh, at least in you know the, the five years that I've been here, you guys have always been there and uh, supported the governor and supported me. So I, I very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, y'all.
0: This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by Verizon.